Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Today I'm going to be incorporating a little bit of um, you know, Father's Day vibes into the message, which is called Walking and Running with God. Genesis chapter 5 verse 21 to 24 says when Enoch was 65 years old he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Other translations say walking faithfully with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Uh, The original Hebrew sort of conveys the idea that God carried him away, which is awesome. Um, And I've never really preached on this passage before, but it's evident, uh, verse 22, it says that after Enoch became a dad, he followed God and walked in close fellowship with him. Maybe he became a dad and thought, there's no way I'm going to survive without God's help. Um, I'm not sure, but we actually don't know or we don't see that he followed God until he became a father. And then after that, for the rest of his life, he walked so closely with God. So the very best we a Father's Day gift we can give as fathers, I really believe this, is to live in close fellowship with God, to walk with him every day of our life. As we get closer to God, uh, the more God's character reflects in our character. Uh, So I think it it really is that simple, just walking closely with God is the very best Father's Day gift we can give as dad. So that's uh, just a couple of sentences about Enoch um, in the Old Testament, how he walked closely with God. He's actually um, talked about again briefly in the New Testament, um, he is actually listed uh, as one of the heroes of the faith. In he- Hebrews 11, it talks about all these guys uh, that did incredible things for God. And then Enoch is is there in the middle of them. But we actually don't read that Enoch did anything spectacular in his life. All he did was walk closely with God. Could it be that spectacular in God's eyes? Is completely different to spectacular in the world's eyes. Uh, if you want to be a hero of the faith, if you want to be spectacular to God, just walk closely with Him. So just uh, a few points uh, or thoughts about walking with God today. Number one, walking means moving. Enoch walked with God. It doesn't say that Enoch blobbed on the couch watching friends eating Doritos with God. Walking with God is an active thing. It's, it's a purpose. There's motivation. There's destiny in walking with God. There is a destination. Uh, obviously, that's heaven. Destination and destiny come from the same root, root word. So walking means moving. And the more I read the Bible, the more I realize that uh, when it describes our relationship with God, so often it talks uh, and it uses this imagery of us walking or journeying with God. It is always an active participation thing. 
So for example, Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You don't need a light to guide your feet if you're not walking. Now, when Jesus says, come follow me, it's all about moving. It's all about journeying with him. You can't follow someone if that someone is not walking. When Jesus said, go and make disciples again, it's this active faith. We actually go. It doesn't say stay and make disciples. So walking means moving. Number two, if you don't move, it will be harder to move. When we visit my mum, in, in the old folks' home, there's a lot of people and their movement is so restricted and it is really quite sad. But the thing is, well, the temptation is if it, you find it difficult to move, then just don't move. But the problem is the less you move, the less you're going to want to move and you just seize up. If we don't move, we're going to seize up. And it's not just um, a challenge for people that are in their sunset years. Here's a um, quote from a major medical journal. Lack of exercise is a major cause of chronic diseases for people of all ages. If you don't move, that's a significant major cause for chronic disease. So as it is in the natural, so it is for the spiritual. If we aren't active, if we aren't moving in our faith with God, could we become spiritually sick? Maybe. So if you don't move, it'll be harder to move. Number three, your movement is obvious. You don't have to convince people that you're walking with God. It will be shown um, in every part of your life. Now, I used to go to the gym um, for a short time, and the temptation was to tell everyone uh, that I was going to the gym. I don't know why I did that. Maybe you just feel better about yourself. Um, a lot of us have got a good friend, Alvin Johnson. You don't hear Alvin talking about how often he goes to the gym, but it is so obvious by Alvin's incredible biceps uh, that he works out a lot. He doesn't have to shout that from the rooftops. Uh, working out is, is evident in his life. And uh, likewise, as we are walking closely with God, yes, I am jealous about your biceps, Alvin, always have been. As we are walking closely with God, it is going to be evident in our life. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want to have more love in your life, walk with God. If you want to have more joy, walk with God. If you want to be more peaceful, walk with God. If you want to be more patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled, walk closely with God. Fourth thought about walking with God. You walk with God and you can walk alongside people as well. Jesus said, go and make disciples. When we walk with God, we also walk with people. Uh, sometimes uh, you, you, you come across people and they're spending a lot of time with God, but they uh, are not very relatable or personable at all. And I think something is a little bit out of balance there. I think the more time we're spending with God, the more relatable we will be, the more personable and likable we will become. Take Jesus, for example. He was so close to his father, and yet he was so personable. Everyone wanted to hang out with him. Um, sinners wanted to hang out with Jesus. You just wanted to be where 
Jesus was. If we're doing this right, if we're walking with God genuinely, uh, then we are going to be relatable to other people. Uh, one of the words of the Holy Spirit is uh, counselor, and that literally means to come alongside. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside us, which I, I love that. But we are also called to come alongside and walk with them and encourage them as they walk with God as well. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15 says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Uh, another translation puts it this way, There aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. What is Paul saying? Uh, he's saying there's a lot of good preachers. There's a lot of good teachers, but there isn't a lot of good spiritual fathers, fathers of the faith. And then Paul says, that's what I want to be to you. And I think it's the same today. We've got incredible preachers. We've got incredible teachers. Uh, you go on YouTube and you can look at pretty much every successful church in the world. They have their sermons there. But what we are lacking uh, are spiritual fathers, spiritual dads, heroes of the faith, uh, people that are mature in years. They've got the experience and they are men. Um, Yes, it's gender specific. They are they're older men. They're, they're experienced. They're whole. They've got it together. They don't necessarily want the limelight or they don't want the limelight at all, but they are passionate to see the, the next younger generations uh, successful and, and strong in Jesus and their walk with him. So we need those people that, you know, they, they shake us when we need a bit of a shake up and they also hug us when we need a hug as well. The church needs those people. And you can actually be a spiritual dad even if you aren't a biological dad. So um, maybe I'm, I'm getting a little bit older, but I want to be one of those uh, to, to a lot of people, a spiritual father, because we are lacking spiritual fathers. Um, if they were lacking in Paul's time when the, whole, when the New Testament was written, man, we're definitely lacking them in our time as well. Speaking of dads, uh, in the Olympics, Barcelona, 1992, there was an athlete. Um, he was picked to, to win the 400 gold medal for the 400 meters. Uh, his name was Derek Redman. He was running in the semi-final, and he snapped his hamstring, and he just could not run. But he was determined to finish his race, and uh, he was barely hobbling. The you know everyone else had finished. And uh, his dad just came running from the grandstand and pushed through the security and, and wrapped his arms around his son. And his son was bawling. Uh, and it's very emotional. You can actually look it up on YouTube. And uh, he and his father walked side by side to the finish line. And it is so moving. And it is very, very powerful. That's what God does to us. He comes alongside us and he runs the race with us. He's always there. He's never going to let us go. But we can also do that uh, with other people as they are walking or running their journey with God. We can come alongside and we can hug them. We can support them. We can encourage them and challenge them. So speaking of the Olympics, because it's sort of like Olympic season at the moment, uh, we've been talking about walking with God. I want to sort of switch up the analogy a little bit and let's talk about running with God uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses 
to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. just want to unpack that verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the writer sort of paints this, this world, word picture of a, a massive grandstand like the Olympics and, and every believer that's run their race in their time, um, and a lot of them have endured a lot, they're sitting there and they're cheering us on as we run our race for this time. And, and, and they're, they're cheering us and they're saying, keep on going, don't give up. Just imagine meeting those people one day. Just imagine if you're at the marriage supper of the land, 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 lamb, and, and, and you, you meet someone and they're saying, yeah, I had to endure a lot for Jesus. I, you know, I, I was burned at the stake, but my family died. And, and, and what about you in, in the 2020s? Uh, what did you have, have to put up with? And it's like, well, you know, it was really pretty hard for me. I had to, had to serve at church once a month. Uh, <laughs> no, but sometimes we need to have a much bigger perspective and understand the cost that a lot of people, it's cost them a lot, their families, their livelihoods, their lives, and they are cheering us on. Now, we can absolutely do this with God's help. Uh, then it says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So there is a weight that we can carry. Uh, it's not necessarily sin, but it's not good for our race and our journey with God. You never see an athlete running like in a wetsuit or a three-piece suit that they strip off to pretty much nothing. In the olden days, they didn't. They, they, they ran naked, but our days, obviously, we, we have a, a few bits of clothing on, but as little as possible. Why? Because you want to run the race to win. There are things that we can involve our lives with, and they're not necessarily sin, but they're not necessarily good for us at all. So let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Absolutely no good comes from doing things that God disapproves of. It's sin and sin is destructive. It's not that God's a, a harsh father that, that hates us and, and, and doesn't want us to have fun. He says, no, don't do this because those things are destructive. They are going to hurt us and they are going to hurt others. Nothing good will ever come from disobeying God. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. It is not a 100-meter dash. Uh, it's you know, sometimes we can be like a firework, you know, a skyrocket. We're like, wow, this is awesome. You know, I'm on fire for God. And then we just burn out and we fade away. Uh, this is a life marathon. It's like one of those uh, extreme endurance events. Uh, it's not, it's, it's the end that, that, that counts. It's, it's, it's for the long haul. It's a life journey. So we've got to run it with endurance. How do we do that? It says in verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes 
on Jesus. We, we walk with God, we run with him, and we keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. You know, Jesus ran a race as well, and his prize was you and his prize was me. He endured the cross um, and, and all that entails, and he had the weight of the sin of every person taken upon him. Why? Because the reward was you and the reward was me. Uh, for him to have that opportunity so we could have uh, reconciliation, forgiveness, and we can walk with him. We could spend eternity with him. You are his prize. So in conclusion, just finish off with the, the sentences about Enoch again. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Don't wait until you are 65 years old before you give your life to Jesus, before you start walking with him. Don't wait until there is a significant crisis or a life event before you decide. You can decide today. You can decide right now to start walking with God. Another thing that's interesting, and I'm not huge on numbers, but a lot of them are significant. In the Bible, it says Enoch lived 365 years walking with God 365 days a year walking with God daily. It is a daily walk. It is a daily journey. You just don't hang out with Jesus uh, once a week on a Sunday and that's it. It's a daily relationship with him. So th these couple of sentences um, are brief but so powerful. Sort of like a, the ultimate tribute to Enoch or like a eulogy at a funeral. And um, I don't know if you've ever given thought to this. Probably not. But what would people say about us? Uh, once our race has finished. And I think it would be awesome. And we can commit and pray and hope for this. You can just switch out your name for Enoch's name. Enoch lived, uh, so, sorry, Simon lived 95 years walking in close fellowship with God. 95 years, it sort of said that in the deathclock.com. I talked about that last, last week. Uh, give or take, uh, I'll take it. 95 is a good inning, innings. Simon lived 95 years walking in close fellowship with God. He made a difference in people's lives while he lived and he went to be with Jesus when he died. You can switch out your own name. How do we do that? We make a move today. We start moving like Switchfoot. The band sings, I dare you to move. I dare you to start to, to start walking with Jesus right now or to walk back to God today thanks so much for listening we hope it was an encouragement to you to contact us or to find out what's happening at our church please check out our website renewchurch.nz